The host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. morning everybody this is Matt from the fearless happiness podcast or good afternoon or good evening wherever you are in the world today I have an amazing guest a guy I've been following for a little bit now especially since he joined our group the guy's amazing he's just he tells it like it is well let's just get into it so what I like to do Sebastian is I like you to tell the audience like my guests to tell the audience who you are and exactly what it is that you do and then we're just going to have a conversation Sure. My name is Sebastian Ruskin. I help marketers and entrepreneurs start a podcast. I help people go from idea to iTunes in 90 days or less with our proven podcast launch solution here at the podcast launchlab.com. So what I like to do, Sebastian, when I talk with my guests is we talk about, you know, like personal challenges and professional challenges and how you got from like point A to point B and how you overcame the challenges and, and not let them stop you from being the success you are today. So if you would, please tell the audience, like some of your personal challenges that led you to where you are today. Like I, mean, I think things- being in my own way was, was probably the biggest challenge. And you don't know you're in your own way until you get out of your own way. And that takes as long as it's going to take. But I, th- I think the, the journey really began as I continued to <laughs> ponder the question to myself, there's got to be more here regarding personal development, character development, and actually becoming the human being that you need to be for whatever it is that you're building. So as I continue to remain curious, I simultaneously remained very much resistant to the change. And my change came to forms of personal development opportunities, whether it was going to walk on fire with Tony Robbins or attending the Landmark Forum, which I walked out the first time when they're like, who wants their money back if you don't want to be here? I'm like, me. I walked out and got a refund the first time around with the Landmark Forum. If you're not familiar, it's a, it's a, it's a phenomenal organization that, that runs you through a personal development course, and they've got several different ones, but their basic one's called the Landmark Forum, and it's a three-day conversation with uh, between 100 and 200 strangers, and you're just unpacking what happened and then your rendition of what happened. And a lot of times we confuse the two we make up a story of what happened versus what actually happened. And sometimes those two come together. But once I was able to start understanding that there was opportunities available to shift, if I could just stop being so damn 
resistant to it all. You know, walking out the first time, I finally went to Tony Robbins. We walked on fire. In fact, I've done that a couple of times. And then, you know, in 2016, I was at a real pivotal point in my life where I was not happy. I really wasn't happy with Sebastian. But I thought that I was. And I thought that I was playing the part. And I thought that, you know, if I just continue to show up and, and act a certain way, then, well, the, you know, everything's just going to line up. And, and that was the furthest from the truth. It, the reality was that the question I continued to ask myself, which was, there's got to be more. You've got some personal, some deep personal development to do before you're going to get to wherever it is you're going. And in 2016, I realized that it, I didn't enjoy doing the work that I was doing. I knew that there was more there too. So it was more on the personal side. There's more on, on the business side too. And in 2016, uh, I decided I wanted a girlfriend. So I joined a dating app and, and I met this girl and she lived in Fort Lauderdale. And we met on March 1st, 2016. I never forget it. She was knee deep in a personal development course called gratitude training, which had absolutely nothing to do with being grateful was a personal development course. And in my opinion, in retrospect now, was a, a, a combination of attending a Tony Robbins event and the Landmark Forum, which are two polar opposite type of environments with the same consistent message of what happened and your story of what <laughs> happened. So I was resistant right out of the gate because I was like, hey, listen, I've been doing all kinds of personal development. No, I'm in a implementation mode here and in every reason except let's try this out. So she signed me up for it a few weeks later. And I ended up taking the the first part of that course. And I walked out a couple times and it was just, you know, it was, it was very difficult to keep me in my seat because, well, you know, I had it all figured out just to ask me. Her and I didn't work out, but the course definitely did. I took part one and I took part two. There was a third part that was 90 days, but I wasn't interested in that. I, I just wanted to, part one was like, let's just figure out what is actually going on here. And then let's figure out a way to heal that. And then part two was actually diving in and actually healing those parts. For me, I hated myself. That was why I wasn't happy. I was all over the map because, well, I hated myself. I was repellent to new meaningful relationships because I hated myself. Being sick and tired of being sick and tired of hating myself brought me to a place where we've got to figure this self-love out. And I'll never forget someone sharing in that class if you love yourself, then you'll attract someone that loves themselves too. And how much more impactful is two instead of one? And I thought, wow, that does make a lot of sense. Who the heck doesn't want to attract more love into their life? Right. As I decided to, you know, so it's like, great, you got to love yourself. Great. What do you say? Okay, I love myself. Next. That wasn't it. Part of loving yourself is taking full accountability for your life taking full ownership for your life and realizing that every single thing that happens in your life is your fault. That's right. Everything, the good, the bad, the not so pretty, the eh, wasn't that bad. All of it is your fault. And when you, when you stand in that space of, of personal ownership and accountability, there's a lot of power there, but there's also a tremendous amount of freedom there too. And part of being able to own your power and be able to step into that. People always said, step, Sebastian, when you step into your power, it's all going to change. And I'm like, I just stepped into it. I'm here and nothing's changing. <laughs> There's a belief system associated with that process too. I said that I love myself, but I really didn't. I believed in what I was doing, but I really didn't believe it. And guess what? If you're listening to this right now and you don't believe in yourself or you don't believe in what you're doing, I can guarantee you no one else will. No one can believe in you for you. People can believe in you, but they can't do it for you. 
2016 was a was just a pivotal year for me where I, I learned how to love myself because I went back to my childhood trauma. I went back to my parents getting divorced. I went da- back to my dad being an absent parent. My, I went back to you know the, the relationship that I had with him and his new wife. And, and all of I, I, I sat there, I took inventory and I'm like, shit, I've spent the past 35 years of my life blaming these people for my life. So I'm blaming other human beings for what my experience is. Like, this is absolute total lunacy. And that's the world we live in, Max. We go around and I say, hey, Max, I'll sell you my bullshit. And you sell me yours. And we'll call it a deal. Instead of what's really going on. So I immediately was able to make the phone call. You know, whatever you got to do to get back in touch. Whatever you got to do to heal that situation. Even Even if you swear the person did, you don't know what that person did to me. And I'm not discounting that. It was probably terrible, and it sucks that it took place, but it did not define who you are, and it's definitely not going to define where you're going if you don't allow it to. And the best way to navigate through all that is compassion. I was having yes. this conversation with my daughter yesterday, and she said, my mom forgot to call me on my birthday. And I said, the only thing you can do is have compassion towards individuals like that. Could you imagine being like that? Could you imagine being a human being like that? And she goes, no. yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, Compassion I, I, helps. It, it, it avoids you, you know, it keeps you from kicking people's throats in. That's what <laughs> compassion does, you know? So I call my dad and I said, hey, dad, guess what? I got my power back. He's like, well, that's great, son. I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. I said, I got my power back and I just want to let you know that I love you and that you're my dad. And we don't have a tight, tight relationship, but you're in my life and I'm in your life. And I just want you to know that I appreciate you. I only got one dad. I'm not going to get another one. And I just want to let you know that I love you. And I know, I know for a fact that when I was growing up, you did the best you possibly could do with the resources that you had. And I just wanted to thank you for that, which wasn't in my, you know, again, if we go back to the story of making shit up again, I'm like, wow, he didn't do much. And no, 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 no. The guy did everything he could possibly do with the resources that he has. And that's what all of us are going to do. And you, when you go back and look at trauma and how things unpacked and took place. And my parents got divorced. Who cares? I mean, it's not really that bad of like, there's some crazy shit that's going on in people's lives. So unfortunate. It's absolutely so unfortunate, but it doesn't define who we are. It definitely no. doesn't define who we are and, and, you know, and where we're going. So, you know, I think, I think a lot of, you know, getting out of my own way, again, that's a, that's a daily practice. You know, I love myself now and I believe in myself and I believe in the work things that I'm doing. At the, at the same time, they can, we can always be better. We're always a constant work in progress. And I don't think that that is a, that, that, that is a, a, a means of, of saying, uh, you know, we'll never get there. You know, we're constantly evolving into who we desire to be or whatever our, our, you know, our God-given purpose is. Absolutely. And I agree with you, like, wholeheartedly. And I'll tell you why, because I've been on this path of recovery for myself for almost, what, 19 years in September. Not only have I taken what I, you know, learned in my recovery, and, and for me, it was working the 12 steps, right? And then be getting involved in personal development. Like, I totally understand that. Like you, my parents divorced when I was young, right? So they divorced. My dad found out, you know, he did what he thought was best for us. And, you know, they didn't click, whatever the case may be. But like you, I blamed everybody and back then. It would have been like, I just met Sebastian, but it's his fault. Like I'm using drugs. You know, I would use like it was my mom's fault, my dad's fault, because the last time I, I saw my dad, right, I was 10, getting ready to turn 11. His last words to me were, I promise I'll see you for your birthday. 
birthday came and went, he ended up passing away. Right. And I was like that angry 11 year old kid. Like, how dare you break that promise? You know what I mean? So what you just, what you just talked about was exactly what I went through. Like I blamed everybody for my drug use, my drinking, you know, getting ready to go to prison. You know, there, I was looking at three years of prison and it was everybody's fault, but mine. All the time I got in trouble, it was just bad luck. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. The beauty of working on yourself, you know, whether it's through an AA, NA or whatever, or personal development, development, like you said, it's when you can take a look at yourself and then take responsibility for who you are and what you want to be, right? And then throw all that stuff in the past away. Because you can't change the past. How I think of it is it's happened. It's done. You can't change it. Let's be the best that I can be, right? And a lot of my motto is be kind, compassionate, and empathetic, right? Because you never know who's going through what in their life. And if I can be, show a little bit of compassion, because I've been a substance abuse counselor, excuse me, for almost 14 years. So I have to, you know, I don't want to tell someone they got to do something when they're going through whatever they're going through, especially newly sober. It's, if you've ever met anybody who's going through sobriety in the beginning, you know, trying to get clean, they're going through a whole bunch of stuff. So like you said, compassion is, is key, right? And yeah, um, absolutely. So I appreciate you sharing that with us, you know, because there's a lot of times people, I think, and you know, because what you do, right, people will smile and look at you and you don't know what's going on, but they could be like torn up inside, right? One thing I like to say is for myself is judge less, right? So I can get to know someone. And that's how I do my job as a counselor is, you know, no judgment. I don't care where you came from, what you're going through. Let's figure out what we need to do to get you from point A to point B. So tell the audience, Sebastian, what was some of the real pivotal moments when you, you know, in your personal life that led you to do and do what you're doing now and helping people create podcasts? Like what were some of the moments where you looked in the mirror and said, I know what I need to do. Like, this has got to change. Well, I mean, it was all worked together. I got out of that course in 2016. The girl broke up with me. I finished the course. She broke up with me. I was all jacked up about that. And then half of 2016, I, I didn't work. I took like an unplanned sabbatical and just did the work and like went, you know, the only way out is through. So you got to go in to do all that work. And sometimes you can't focus on making life. I don't know. How, I think I lived on a line of credit or something for the year. I have no idea, but I, I made it, bottom line. But when I came out of that, um, I had another. I had another awakening moment, which was in the first American awakening moment I haven't shared, but I can, I can share that story in a minute. It was like September of 2016. And I got up and I was like, no more of this. Like, okay, cool. We've like done the work. Now it's like time to go reenter the world. And so massive action, you know, I see, I got up and I'm like, let's go rent a, let's go rent a desk at a co-working space. So I did that around the corner from my studio and I ran into an old friend and she was doing an internet radio show in that building. And I was like, hey, how's your internet radio show going? I'm like, first of all, what is that? And she goes, oh, it's going great. And I'm like, well, how do you know? And she goes, I don't. And I'm like, well, that's kind of a problem. I mean, you know, there's an, there's an easier way. You can start a podcast. And she goes, I don't know how to do that. Do you, do you know how to start a podcast? And I'm like, yeah, I've, act- I've had a podcast. I haven't been as consistent as I, as I should be. And she's like, well, maybe you can help me start a podcast. I mean, why don't you just create a solution to help people start a podcast? And I was like, that's it. Because I was already trying to figure out what was next for me. I'd spent the past decade in social media. I've been here since the onset, the very beginning, like 2002, 2003, like the very LinkedIn was the first social media platform. And then after that came MySpace and Facebook, I had been dabbling around with it, but I had not done anything to turn it into a business. And I'll segue into kind of how that all took place. So 
2008, I, I lost everything, left Orange County, cars got repoed, lost everything. Newport Beach is a very expensive place to be when you lose your ass. Very right. expensive. So I just let it all go, and I came back. I had friends in low places. Friend cut me a check, gave me five grand and the keys to his apartment. Not his, but one of his rental units, and it was already furnished. So I moved back in 2008. And in 2008, 2010, I was a total degenerate. Like, I didn't do anything at all. Like, I watched daytime television and drank bum beer. Like, I did nothing all day. For those of you wondering what bum beer is, it's usually natural ice. There are four cans, and it's like $2. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Natty ice. Natty ice. Natterday. Yeah. So every day was Natterday. And then I I had that first awakening moment where I was like, okay, enough of this. Like, I've got to figure it out. I got it. We're in the recession. You lost everything. Cool. All right. Next. But it it was tough to finally, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And then finally, I just woke up one day. I was like, you know what? I need to go see Tony Robbins. I want to go walk on fire. Like, I'm going to call. And I had started to, like, get back in the mix of things and started to work and hustle a little bit. I got a gig with a company in, in Las Vegas for the summer in 2009. So I was already getting some momentum back. And part of that gig was some speaking opportunities. And that's where things really started to click. It was for a network marketing company. And I hate network marketing companies more than anything, but I worked on the corporate side of things. So I was responsible for some training stuff and some, some, we do webinars and live events and all kinds of stuff. But I'll never forget a guy coming out on stage at one of these events. I went to one of the local South Florida events that they had. It was recruiting events and the whole dog and pony show. And I'll never forget these guys came out. And these guys are still friends of mine to this day, oddly enough. But I'll never forget. They came out on stage. This guy's name's Brian Underwood and Jason Borne, probably one of the most successful network marketers on the planet. Brian owns a company called Prove It. I'm sure you've heard of it. The keto packs. And, oh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I've heard of drinks it. And Prove It, P-R-U-V-I-T. And they've done like, I don't know, $600 million in the past three years. It's bananas. And his, uh, one of his right-hand guys, Rob DeBoer, still with that company too. And then Jason Borne is just a legend in the space. And those two guys came out on stage and I'll never forget. I go, you know what? I want to be like those guys, whatever those guys, I don't care what everybody else is doing here. I like, I want to be on stage and I know why I want to be on stage. I had no idea. And then I started to get some at bats on stage and I get on stage and I just light up and I'm like, this is what I was born to do. So as I got those opportunities, I came back and I'm like, okay, social media, Facebook, it's getting active. I got to start doing something with all of this. And I called my friend about the Tony Robbins opportunity. And she, she said, well, here's the details. It's going to be in Long Beach this year. It was the Long Beach Arena. Yeah, downtown. Yep. And the LBC. <laughs> Daddy, one, two, three. Yeah. yeah. She gave me the price and the whole nine. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pull that off. But at least I got all the deals. Well, she calls me back an hour later. And she's like, hey, I totally forgot to introduce you to my best friend who lives on Miami Beach. Wait for it. She's actually part of Tony's core team of six. She travels everywhere with them. It'd be a good introduction for you. And mind you, I'm coming out like I'm pulling my, I'm, I'm just pulling my head out of the mud. I right. just dusting myself off. Start, <laughs> but I got enough piss and vinegar to like, I'm excited and I'm back. I'm like, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here. We met up that week. She said, we should meet up for a drink on Friday. And I said, all right, let's do it. So we meet up on Miami Beach and we start chatting it up hanging out and we're kind of strangers for like five seconds. And then we went and we hang out and had a couple of drinks and we're chatting. She looks at me and she, I'll never forget it. She looks at me and she goes, so what's next? And I said, I don't know. And she looked me dead in the eyes and she goes, that's a fucking problem. And I'm like, <laughs> these are my of- offensive days, highly offensive days. Right? <laughs> I said, well, enlighten me. 
And she goes, I will. I go, so what do you mean by that? She said, who's missing out because you're not showing up? Pretty good question. She goes, you have a gift. You have a talent. You have the ability to change the world and shake things up based on what you know. All this social media and buzz around social media. You sent me that video you created on your laptop. Like, what are you waiting for? That Monday, I went to my designer and I gave him three words, which were social buzz TV. Because she's like, you started a social media company, a social, social buzz, social buzz. I go, social buzz TV. Because there you go. And I came back with what was my first company's logo, which is still to this day. Company's not around. It's, it's there. Just took a backseat after the podcasting world you know, just took over my life. The company was Social Buzz TV. This company was going to be a company that educates people about social media. We create content. We do events. We can help you set up your Twitter account. I'll watch your kids on the weekend. I'll wash your car. Just have a budget. Make sure your deck clears. So I ran around town for about a year. I, I was able to go to networking events. And then I quickly figured out, well, maybe I can do my own networking events. So I started doing my own networking events and I invite people and I bring sponsors in and I you know, say, listen, I can't pay for the venue, but I can bring people here. So give me two free drinks. This is Miami. Nobody drinks two drinks, no one and pass around appetizers. And then that way you'll meet my people and my people, you meet your people. And I need the room upstairs the next day for my social media boot camp. So I would bring them back and I'd charge them 55 bucks and you come in for three hours. I'd give you everything I know about social media. Well, what would happen, Max, is that I would do the event, then I would do the boot camp, and then you come to my boot camp, and you're like, dude, I've been to your networking event, or I met you at another networking event. I've been to your boot camp. I probably should get this going. So early adopters for social media were the first ones to hire me. So people would come and be like, how much is it to manage my Facebook page on a monthly basis? And I'm like, 300 bucks. And I continue to rinse and repeat that process, and then I refined it and ongoing. Then we finally got it to a point where, we were charging $6.95, $9.95, and like $14.95 a month. So it was pretty good, but the turnover rate was ridiculous because it was new. And if it didn't have an immediate tit for tat, people were like, ah, I don't think this works. When it comes to marketing, when the business slows down, the marketing guys are the first to go. Never understand that. It, it happens. So that model worked. Social Buzz TV was off to the races. At that same time, I was developing my speaker game. I was doing the boot camps. I was speaking wherever you had a speaking opportunity for me. I'll go talk to high school kids, which I'm actually doing on Monday, oddly enough. Chamber of Commerce, Rotary Club, your church, you name it, soapbox at the park, whatever you got to do to give me an audience, I'm in. So I said, this is working. Great. Fast forward. And, and I, I actually wrote my first book uh, in the middle of it. So I got in the mix with the National Speakers Association because I'm like, listen, if you want to be a speaker, you got to be around people that have been doing a lot longer. You can learn from and learn this whole game. I know I can speak, but it can always be better. And I need right. to be around people that actually make a million bucks a year speaking. So I joined the National Speakers Association's annual conference one year. And I went as media. I talked my way in the door. I was like, hey, listen, I'm a blogger. I create content. I wear bow ties. Let me in the door. And they, they let me in. And I met my publisher at that event. They were a sponsor, a company by the name of Vantage Media. They're, they're bought by Forbes now. So it's Forbes Advantage Media. But they work with uh, speakers, entrepreneurs, business owners to produce their book. And, I, and he said, you know, have you ever thought about writing a book? I go, yeah, I think about it every day. But you know, I'd rather wake up in the morning and eat my pillow and punch myself in the face than write another chapter. And he said, well, what if you could just talk your book to us? What if we could just interview you? And I'm like, I could talk till next year. So he said, great. And I said, how much is it? He said, it's $25,000. I got like six bucks to my name. And I said, do you have a social media strategy in place? He goes, no. I said, you need one, especially with what you guys are producing. You're a book publisher for crying out loud. You don't have a social media strategy in place? Are you crazy? So I said, I can help. And he said, well, what's that cost a year? And I said, 24,000. I said, let's just call it a deal. Two thousand a month, right? He goes, let's do it. I literally barred my first book deal. So social media sucks <laughs> if you don't awesome. know what you're doing. 
<laughs> yeah, social media sucks if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, dropped in, I think, 2013. And that was everything I knew about social media, this whole story that I just got done sharing with you. Uh, and I continue to rinse and repeat that process. Now, in the beginning, one minor detail I left out is like, I met a, met a guy by the name of Gary Vaynerchuk back in 2010. And Gary and I became great friends and just an incredible mentor in my life. And I, I really attributed all of my success to him really helping map out what I was going to do with Social Buzz TV. And relationships are still being birthed out of that relationship. He's, for all intents and purposes, a celebrity now, one of the most well-known guys in the space. And we don't see each other a lot by any stretch of the imagination, but the ripple effect from our relationship and even in the past, the people that have hired me because they've seen a picture with me. I mean, these days, it's somewhat common if, you can, you know, if you're in an event, you can get a picture with Gary and everything. But Gary really, I know I met him in 2010, sat down with him in 2012, I think, when his second book came out. Thank you, economy. And we spent like an hour together, like around the corner from my studio here in Miami, which was wild in and of itself. But that was full circle because I had read his first book, Crush It. And then I got to sit, sit down with him at the beginning of Thank You, Economy. And I thought it was full circle. I was like two years into the game. And I'm thinking, it's been a long. I never forget telling him. I'm like, we're 10 episodes in. He's like, did you just say 10? He's like, I had 100 <laughs> episodes of Wine Library TV done in like nine days. Like, get to work. That's so, tennis. I think he signed the book, please, more than 10, Gary. And, you know, that, that really helped map out what I was going to do, which was build it. He told me, Sebastian, build your personal brand while you're building Social Buzz TV because your personal brand in perpetuity is your reputation. And I was like, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to, you know, protect their reputation and the integrity of it all? So I did that. And then 2016 rolled around because I constantly got back to this whole thing where like, Social media does suck. Like, I hate this work. Like, I don't care about your Facebook page and your Twitter account. Like, go figure it out. You don't care about it anyway. You don't believe it in any way. And a majority of the people that you're talking about when I'm talking about social media aren't listening anyway. So I was like, there's got to be more. Just like I went back in the beginning of the story, there's got to be more, Sebastian. So I'm simultaneously asking, there's got to be more on the personal side, got to be more on the business side. And I, and I found that by going through gratitude training, going through the breakup, learning how to love myself, owning, owning life, taking accountability, cleaning up anything that needed to be cleaned up from the past with whoever you had to clean it up with. And then on the other side of that, running into an old contact of mine that had an internet radio show and didn't know there was a better way because we just don't know what we don't know. And she didn't know there was a better way. And she said, can you help me start a podcast? The antennas went up that very day. I went upstairs. I mapped out what would become the podcast launch lab solution, which is a turnkey podcast launch solution to take you from idea to iTunes in 90 days or less by starting a podcast. And then we support you ongoing as long as you'll keep us around. Uh, that was 2016. We're in 2022 right now. Things are incredible. We just opened our third podcast studio here in Miami. We've had a couple over the past two years with the pandemic. I uh, ended up going back home last year, turning my bedroom into a studio did extremely well for my bedroom. I'm like, I got to get out of here. Like, I'll, you know, it's like Tuesday at two o'clock and I'm cracking a beer open watching the game. I'm like, this is not productive for the work <laughs> environment. So let's get back out there, even if nobody's going to offices and it becomes, you know, my, my creative space, which is essentially is it, it's a big executive suite that I was able to convert into a studio and creative space. It's my business man cave. So that happened in January of this year and joining Apex has been, just absolutely, you know, a total game changer. Masterminds are, you know, and they've spoken about it, you know, for, since ancient times and being, you know, finding your tribe and being in mastermind groups. I think the think and grow rich, it's one of the principles is to join a mastermind group, yep. and seek out wisdom. And my goal was to become the go-to source for podcasting. 
if someone wants to start a podcast, they think Sebastian Rusk at the end. And all of my peers think I'm crazy. Like everybody in the space, like John Lee Dumas and Travis Sapel and a bunch of guys that are, that are amazing creators and have done ridiculously well in the space have want nothing to do with the launch phase. I'm deeply passionate about it, but I'm a little bit more passionate about not just launching, but actually keeping people in the game. And that's really what I've been able to do and take the program from a 90-day program to a 12-month program because we want to keep people in the program. We want to be able to support them ongoing right. on here. And I really envision this thing continuing to, to explode just like Apex has. I'll be building the podcast launch live community in the same way where I'm the fearless leader of the pack and I've got <laughs> a gigantic community of podcasters and we're working on an NFT project right now that'll hopefully launch later on this year. And I haven't flushed all the details out yet, but I'm just trying to figure out how do I bring all podcasters together, even if I'm not doing business with them or we don't produce their show, how can we bring everybody together with the common denominator that we are podcasters and we want to be in community and we want to be supported. So I'm really excited about that and, and what's to come, but yeah, man, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I was, that's amazing. Some amazing stuff. And thank you for sharing that with us. Right. I don't believe in coincidences and I'm so glad you, you took me on and became a guest. Cause when I first saw you on as an apex member and the post you were doing, I'm like, man, I should have met this guy. Cause then, you know, my mentor and coach at the time, when I was trying to start a podcast, he wasn't, he didn't know how to do it. Right. But he was the one that was pushing me. You got to do it, Max. You said you want to do a podcast, do it. Part one, a member of ours in Apex, Steve Ammon will tell you there was, I've known those, him and Chris Whitehead for years, like over 10 years now. So I wrote a book, right? And then uh, that was like three years ago now, almost, yeah, almost three, four years ago now. And then I said, I want to do a podcast. So, and I remember I kept giving excuses, right? Like instead of just getting it started, I tell my coach, like, hey, and, you know, rest his soul, he died of COVID last year. He'd go, hey, Max, how's it? Hey, Max, how's your, how, let's talk about your podcast. How's that going? And then I would go, well, I'm doing this. I could see in his face. Okay, let's see what's going to happen next week. Same thing. And then one time, and this guy rarely cussed, but I was like, dude, I'm trying to learn how to, to edit, man. I, I got to get this editing down, you know, and I'm OCD when it comes to learning stuff. I got to learn it. You know, if I don't like you, what we talked about, I want to throw my computer through the freaking window. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, Max, just fucking do it. You know, just, just fucking <laughs> do it. You know, and I said, all right, all right. You're like, just believe, right? Luckily, we, I belong to Apex and I, I learned from some people and, and got help in the editing area. And look, September of this year will be two years I've had the podcast. I just released episode 55. So you're like the guy I look up to, you know, like I want to be like Sebastian, you know what I mean? Not only do I want to have a podcast like you, I want to bring the community together and I want to have a, a great podcast. You know, like they say, you never know who's watching. And I, I've been watching you and I, I just love your posts. And I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your personal and, and how, you know, the challenges both personally and business. And, and it, as you heard, audience, Sebastian's the man. Like when he sets his mind to something, he's going to get it done. And there's a reason you're a guest today. So what I like to ask a couple, you know, I wrote a book. It's called Fearless Happiness, My Addiction, My Battles, My Recovery. I talk about being fearlessly happy. And right, are pursuing happy happiness, like almost like the movie, fearlessly, right? Just going after what you want. And, and I know you shared it. So, what does fearless Sebastian mean to you? And, and what does that look like on a daily basis? I think fearless means realizing and accepting the fact that fear is a liar and it is a absolute illusion and it doesn't exist. And it's a choice really that a lot of us go and take. So when we're scared of something, it's good to ask ourselves, 
is this actually something valid to be scared of and to be fearful of? And I think that's really, you know, being fearless, realizing, you know, that God is ultimately in control. And if that's the case, what is there to, I mean, the Bible speaks clearly about that. I mean, if there is, if, they've, if God is who he says he is, then why in the world would fear even have a place in anyone's mind? You know, so it comes down to, you know, intersection of your, of your belief system and how deep and wide your faith really is in whoever you choose to believe in. For me, it's Jesus. But that's, you know, for you, it could be whoever, but it, it, whatever, wherever your path is, uh, whatever that, you know, whatever that looks like on here, remember that, you know, there, the, the, there's an almighty being uh, overseeing the whole program. And with that being said, it's divinely orchestrated. The plan's already been put in place before you were even put on this planet. So yep. why spend time living in fear when we are called to be fearless? Because it's just a lot easier to do. And they were called to do it. It's easier to it's easier to say than to do. Yes, I understand that, but right. it's not impossible. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Thank you. That was awesome. And then I wrote happiness, right? But I put a Y. If you can see it, like I put a Y in my happiness for a reason. What does happiness mean to you, Sebastian? And what does that look like on a daily basis? Knowing I put the uh, Y there. Yeah, ha- what does happiness mean to me? Happiness is a uh, is a Kenny uh, Kenny Besney's got a song. One of the lyrics says, "Happiness is a is a destination that's hard to find, and it most sef- it most definitely is." But I would also like to to say that happiness is a decision. It's kind of like an attitude. You wake up every day and you decide what kind of attitude you're going to have. Happiness operates the same exact way. So happiness is a it is a destination. It is a decision. And it is a constant work in progress, but we decide when we're going to be happy and when we're not. Right on, Sebastian. Thank you again for being a guest. If someone out there in my audience wants to start a podcast, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to chat with you. You can go to podcastlaunchlabnow.com. That's podcastlaunchlabnow.com. You can schedule a call with myself or somebody on my team. Max is going to put that link in the show notes. Right, Max? Absolutely. <laughs> Just follow me on. Instagram, connect with me over on LinkedIn or on Facebook. I'd love to have a conversation uh, with you. My book's available too. It's got everything you need in order to start a podcast. I put everything I know into that. You can go to podcastsuck.com, grab a copy, Kindle copy, physical copy, wherever, whatever you prefer. Uh, and my YouTube channel is, is just a, an entire library of who, what, why, and where of starting a podcast. You know, that's my, serve, that's my labor of love to the world to make sure I'm serving everybody is writing books and, and creating free content for those that may not be a fit for our, for our launch program. Awesome. That's amazing. So before we part, my friend, again, this is awesome. What piece of advice would you give my audience that are struggling with getting a podcast or, or maybe just struggling in life? Figure out why you're starting a podcast and be honest with yourself. Get clear. Is it coming from a space of your ego and you just want to be heard? Or do you truly want to provide value and put value out into the world, build meaningful relationships, have access? A podcast is your new networking golden ticket. It allows you into places you wouldn't ordinarily be able to be in because you're in the host seat talking about other people and making it about them. And by default, you're building relationships with people. So figure out why you're starting a podcast and get real with yourself about it. When you start conceptualizing the ideas, Ask those around you that you trust and care about that are going to give you honest feedback. Don't call your mom. She's going to tell you it's the greatest thing in the world. Get honest feedback from people. The truth will set you free, but first it will really piss you off. (laughs) Exactly. Well, my friend, this was a great time. Thank you so much. 
Thank hey, you, audience. Max. I appreciate you having me on, brother. I put all my links there in the in the chat here where awesome. we're recording. Yeah, again, anybody I, I can serve in your community, and of course, anything I can do to help support your show, don't hesitate to reach out. I, I, I really appreciate you taking some time to, to reach out to me and have me on the show. Oh, yeah, I appreciate you being here, brother. So thank you so much. So the audience, if you learned anything, if it made you think, please leave a review so other people can find it. Five stars on iTunes. Anyway, Sebastian's amazing. Thank you, sir, for being here. I know you got to go, but like, again, we'll talk soon. I'll reach out to you. Yes, I'll put all the, his stuff, podcast notes. Till next time, everybody have a great day. Thank you so much. The host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist.